Cheers, guys. This episode of BAOS Podcast is brought to you by the awesome folks at Tavor. Now, Tavor is a way to select delicious craft beers you can't find in your local area and have them delivered right to your door. Now, it's not a beer of the month club where someone chooses beer for you and you end up with a bunch of mediocre lagers you have to give away to your grandpa. Tavor only works with over 600 independent breweries all across the US, so you know you're getting that fire. Signing up for Tavor is free. Just download the app for iOS or Android, create an account to see the available beers. Twice a day, you'll get a notification with a new limited release beer that you can buy. If you want the beer, you can buy it right then and add it to your crate. If you don't, you can wait for two new selections the next day. There's no obligation to purchase anything and shipping is only $14.90 no matter how many bottles or cans are in your crate. Now, if you guys download the app today and enter the promo code BAOS, you will get $10 in cold hard beer cash to use on the app after you spend $25. Again, it's free to sign up and there is no no obligation to purchase. Download the app and enter the code BAOS to get $10. Now let's get on with the show. Are you a brewhead? I'm a brewhead. Are you a brewhead? I'm a brewhead. Y'all are brewheads? Yeah, we brewheads. So pour a glass of craft beer. We can do this. Yeah. What's good, y'all? This is C-Certified Brewhead, and welcome to episode 127 of Beer and Other Shit, the podcast. This afternoon, we are in my favorite place on the planet, Burlington, Vermont, or technically it's Shelburne, right? Oh, Burlington. It is Burlington? Yeah. Okay, sick. South End. Yeah, represent. Uh, we are at Switchback Brewery, and we have Alex Brewer and Sarah Taproom Manager hanging out today, guys. Thank you so much for your time. Of course. Appreciate it. Pleasure to be here. I haven't been back since I was telling uh, Amy before. When I first, first came to Vermont in 2016, was one of the first breweries I came to, so it was nice to, uh, to get back and do it properly. This place is huge. I was very surprised at how large the facility is. Every year I feel it grows. When I was yep. uh, first here a few years ago, there was walls up everywhere behind the brewery. You took the tour, um, yeah. and it's just been knocking walls down, add a little bit more here, a little <laughs> bit more there. We got the cooler a couple years ago. Nice. Uh, so yeah, it's something that just happens on a yearly basis and can never sign. prepare for yeah, <laughs> how right? big you're going to get, I guess. Is there much more room to move back there, or is like, can you like keep pushing those walls back? Oh. Or is it like, I think we're starting to feel yeah. our elbows a little bit, but you know, <laughs> we definitely find the space when we need to make it. Right. We're very, very creative with the way that we uh, utilize the space that we have. We've got right. a lot of good brains working on that always. Clearly, right? Yeah, right. yeah. Um, so just before we get into how you guys got into beer, let's just start with uh, the beers that we are drinking. Do you want to start with oh, what you have sure. right now? I mean, it's uh, I'm drinking the roasted red ale right now, okay. which was actually our second recipe ever. Right. Um, so it dates back to the good old days. Um, I mean, the days were still good. Yeah, of course. Of course. But, <laughs> Even better. Uh, but it's, yeah. it's a rotating special for us so it doesn't come around you know it comes around just a, uh, a limited time a year um, so I always try to drink it when it's available right. um, it's just kind of a really nice balanced beer like our flagship I kind of call it like the bolder version of our ale right. a little bit more roasty and malty um, but a little bit more hop forward as well so you've got like just a really nice drinkability to it um, and it sits really nicely in a cask too which I think we're going to be having a, a cask of our roasted red ale coming up in our tap room um, oh, yeah. in the next few weeks so I'm really looking forward to that too. Oh yeah. That's an interesting one that a red ale is a like a seasonal. Yeah. Like generally they're like a flagship or a four lineup. That's kind of uh, it's a nice twist on it. Yeah. It's something you don't really see a lot of breweries doing either. No. They're kind of not, not paying much attention to the red ales. People are Definitely. kind of shying away from the malts these days and 
we are just giving them the love that they really deserve. Yes, I can see that definitely. I love it. Uh, what do you have there, brother? I have the Citra Pills. Uh, so this is one of our flu lagers that we do here. Okay. Uh, Bill is a big traditionalist. He loves the old school way of doing beers. Um, and of course, that's with lagers, you know, the traditional German way of doing things. Um, so the Citra Pills here is going to be unfiltered just like any of our other beers. Mm -hmm. So it's got that nice smooth flavor. It's very crisp, very refreshing, uh, but it does have that nice uh, citra note to it uh, because it does have citra hops in it. So right. you can kind of get that kind of, you know, juiciness of it, uh, yeah. but it's still very refreshing and very approachable as well. Uh, you know, a lot of people are worried, is this going to be too malty, too hoppy, too roasted? Uh, this is something that's very, very easy drinking that anybody can just go up and enjoy it. Hell yeah. I love a good dry hop lager. Yeah. I think you guys are really well in one. I definitely want to try that one after. And I have the classic here, the Switchback Ale. So that is like the OG, Can't go the wrong. flagship. Old Faithful. Yeah. 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 Been here. What, what actual style would you call, like is it, like, is there a, like, ale is like pretty generic, but I know it's a brand name. Is there a style you would consider it? Amber, right? Yeah, reddish amber ale if you really have to place it, but kind of the beauty of it is yeah. that when it was, when the founder was, Bill was designing the recipe, he wasn't thinking about fitting any style in particular. He just wanted to make a really well-balanced, easy-drinking beer that people could keep coming back to. Right. And so we think he nailed it. Yeah, definitely. Roasty, malty, but still like super creamy. Yeah. Uh, what is it? Five? Four, four and a half or something? Five percent? Five percent. Yeah. Five percent. Yeah. All of our beers are pretty light. You know, yeah. they're, uh, I think we make one or two that are like seven or eight percent, but all of ours are sitting around five or six percent. Uh, we're the kind of people that like to have, you know, four beers instead of two. Yeah. <laughs> so You're we make them nice and light and approachable. Yeah. So can't argue with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, perfect. So let's get into your beer story. So how you got into beer. Would you like to start? Sure. I mean, as the youngin, I guess I'll, yeah. I'll jump in. Um, I mean, I was, uh, I started bartending in New York um, when I was going to school. And pretty much what I knew was just that I enjoyed drinking beer. Um, and that was kind of where where it started, as it usually does. Um, and I knew I, I liked drinking beer with a little with a little oomph to it, you know, a, a little body, a little character. I wasn't just drinking beer to, you know, go crazy. I was really wanting to, you know, kind of like what Alex said, be able to sit around with friends and enjoy what we're drinking. Um, so when I moved to Vermont, I knew it was kind of. It was a little bit of an added bonus knowing that this is uh, kind of the, the beer capital of the world, some right? might say. Exactly. Um, Absolutely. And, uh, and um, I found myself at, you know, at a brewery that that was their focus. It was always the integrity of the beer that came before anything else. Right. Um, and so that's when I really started to explore the dimensions of beer. And um, while I was bartending in New York, I knew that you know wine was something that you could explore and really develop a knowledge for. Um, but I knew that there was a, an avenue for beer to do that as well. And so um, when I found myself in the brewing industry, um, it was it was an awesome opportunity, especially here where. Um, we really at Switchback value the educational part of things and you know we're, we're here to, to drink our beer and enjoy it but also to kind of know where it's coming from know the history um, know the tradition of the beer um, you know and so I just couldn't stay away yeah fair enough and every day I was coming to work learning something new and, and that's how you know it's an awesome place to be so. hell yeah best place to do it as yeah. well this state is amazing I, have, I wanted to uh, I want to join like Quebec and Vermont and just like 
bring you guys into Canada. It's be a lot easier for us like to try and stop muling and stuff across the border. Quebec is amazing. I go there. I'm about half an hour away from the border myself, so nice. my wife and I pop up all the time, and yep. it's just it's incredible the stuff that they're doing up there these days. It's very. I feel like I'd like to see more. There's not enough. Maybe I'm missing something. I don't feel like there's enough collaboration. I know all you guys go out there to drink. We go home down here to drink. Yeah. But like, I, I wonder if people are working together. I don't. I just don't know if the if the the scenes are connected yeah. enough. More than I would like it to be more. Yeah. As a selfish for the drinking side, like it'd no, be yeah, sick. I mean, more collabs and like there are some breweries that come down for. I mean, like the Vermont Brewers Association hosts uh, the Waterfront Festival in Burlington. Is that the July um, one? In July, yeah, 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 yeah. it's usually the third weekend of July. Um, and I know we get um, should go this year. Some brewers from um, Quebec that come down and. And you know we're able to kind of have those conversations oh, and, and share what we're doing, um, but definitely if we could accentuate that and, and kind of yeah make make those trips a little bit easier, yeah. um, that, would, that would be awesome. Yeah, we so have so one here now too. Uh, Farnham just uh, opened yes. up in Essex, so you know they're traditionally. Uh, you from, know, Canadian uh, from brewery. Quebec, yeah. That um, and they're trying to bring it into here and do something new, and it, it's great. That was that was actually a cool one. And it's interesting because they do stuff here that you can't get there. Absolutely. And I think and vice versa. I feel like you get you guys get because if they don't do the crazy stuff for Vermont, it's not maybe you're not going to get the attention because of the the breadth and this crazy quality of beer in the state. It's a tough market. So I feel like they're. Uh, I guess so, right? Like it's, it's not easy. Um, but no, it is pretty cool. I definitely want to see more and more of that. Um, how did you get into beer, bro? So, hard to follow your act. Um, <laughs> but uh, kind of similar. So I was a bartender actually in DC uh, for a brew pub. Um, and really, really liked just like the whole scene of beer, you know, tasting, experiencing it. Our uh, brewmaster was a level three Cicerone, oh, wow. uh, which is just insane. There's probably less Navy SEALs in the world than <laughs> of level three Cicerones. I think you're right. So, yeah. yeah. So you just had like an amazing knowledge and just this passion for it. Really wanted to make me like kind of get back there and start doing it. Right. Uh, so I did it a couple days a week. I was kind of the grunt that, you know, raked out the malt or like changed the kegs or like did anything like that. What's that but, code against Cellarman, right? Is that Cellarman? So a Cellarman here is what uh, kind of takes care of the beer. So brewers are going to oh. brew it and then through its growing up cycle, uh, the Cellarman take care of it. So they're kind of the fathers and mothers of it. <laughs> they make sure that it grows up the way that it should, make sure that the yeast is distributed everything here. in. I love that. Uh, you know. I didn't know that. And then yeah, then so, they hand it off to production and they package it. So what, what the work that you were doing, sorry to cut you off there, what, what was that called? Is that just like the cleaner? So what janitor? I yeah I was essentially yeah janitor the grunt the the grunt like, yeah you meant that okay yeah it's collective childcare though you know? exactly everybody's job is important care. you know no absolutely cleaning is uh, what do they say cleaning is next to godliness for, for yeah. beer or the two things you want to hear as a brewer is hey your beer is great and your brewery is clean because those are the two things that are hardest um, in there you know there's yeah. a lot of things in a brewery that you know can be. Uh, very gross, you know. Yeast, of course, is a living organism. It's going to grow up. It's going to do what it wants. And uh, you know, wort and beer is very sticky. So you're you're going to have to get that clean, and so you can get it in there for the next process. Uh, but I did that for a while, and uh, absolutely hated DC. Uh, not a big fan of uh, cities. That's why I came up to Vermont. Fair enough. And uh, you know, started looking around for breweries here that I wanted to work for. Switchback was, of course, number one. Uh, just based on you know their whole like family model, the way that they do things here is just amazing. You know, all of our beers are unfiltered. They're naturally carbonated. They're the way beer should be done. Right. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. And when was that? 
That was uh, four years ago. So Big yeah, quiz. four years with uh, Switchback now. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well done. And how long have you yeah. been there, Sarah? Um, almost oh, you said three. three, right? Almost, almost three. three, yeah. Mm. Coming okay. up on my anniversary on Saturday, actually. Oh, yeah. What are, we do- what, are you, what are you doing for it? What's going uh, on? We're actually having our annual holiday party. So <laughs> well, that's very convenient. The whole, everyone's going to be celebrating but... with me. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like the hospitality it's industry is like kind of a party late. for us. So. It's all over the place. Yeah, right? we do things when we can. Yeah, when you can. Do you want, is that in, this will come out next Wednesday, which is the 6th? Is it after yeah. that or before then? Before then. Oh, it's, it's this Saturday. Saturday. This Saturday. Yeah. 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 So, so by Wednesday, know, but... we'll see where I'm at. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, have to have a few days off. <laughs> yeah. Okay, amazing. So then, can you guys speak to the history of Switchback itself, like how the brewery came about with the owners and stuff? And even just before we do that, this is the IPA? This oh, is yeah. the IPA. Look at that. Look at that. It's juice, mate. Oh, yeah. Would you do? Oh, it smells. Oh, nice. Like dank and piney. Is that? Mm. Is it more like a West Coast? It is. Uh, it's definitely not your traditional New England style, where it's just kind of like a, a great. fruity juice bomb. It's got like a little bit more like a floral kind of yeah. hot, hot profile to floral, it. Floral, that's what it is. Yeah, um, we're going sort of for the. I mean, what grows best in Vermont are the three C's: Chinook, yep, yep. Cascade, and Centennial. So that's sort of the base of the uh, hot profile for okay. our IPA. I like. I've been enjoying the ones that uh, lately. I guess because everything's New England, right? Like mm-hmm. that's what's up here, and even in Quebec, I'm always trying to get. There's not as many up there, but I've been finding a lot more. Uh, like I guess this profile, they're still hazy, but they're kind of dank and piney and sort of creamy. Yeah. So it's kind of like a East meets West kind of thing, and mm-hmm. I'm getting that from this. I just feel like they're just such an interesting style, and every time I find them, I'm like, man, this is. Yeah. You just appreciate it more because you're just so used to these juice bombs, and when you get that little. Dank little punch. Yeah, yeah. Missed that. Something a little different. You forget that you missed that. <laughs> Unfiltered is a big thing in New England. You know, a lot of breweries that are like really, really popular here. You know, like uh, Hill Farmstead, like us, like Treehouse. They're all that big, like just very, very hazy kind of like juice bomb. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I love that. Not that I don't like you know West Coast IPAs, but I feel that they kind of have like a sharpness that True. isn't as well taken as these. You know, Agreed. much easier drinking. Hell so. yeah! It's like a nice middle of the road. Exactly. Kind of like. It balances out the, maybe the juice bombs, which you guys are probably overdone, and I can't get enough of them still. <laughs> yeah. Because when I discovered them late, we're not, they're not in my face as much. Yeah. But at the same token, we're all kind of pushed the West Coast, like, uh, we're done with that, like the pallet wrecking type of thing. It's like a nice little middle of the road that's like super welcome right now. Exactly. I love it. Well done. Um, history of the brewery. Sorry. Let's get to that. How did the brewery come about? What's the deal? I mean, it all started with the man himself, Bill Cherry. Yeah. Um, Bill's the yeah. one. Bill's the man. Bill's the man. Um, coming off of um, being the head brewer at Boulevard Brewing Company out in Kansas City, Missouri. No way. Um, Do you know that? Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Like, oh. We get them in um, Toronto sometimes. They get uh, some of the big, like the barley wines or the stouts in there. No doubt. So, yeah. That's great. Yeah. They still have a lot of his They're recipes huge. there to uh, wow. to this day. No way. Yeah. That's that's a very cool connection. Yeah. Heck yeah. All right. Yeah. So he was honing his craft, you know. Um, but like I kind of mentioned when we were talking about the flagship, he mm-hmm. was just. He was looking to make something that was just a balanced, approachable beer for people, something that you could sit around and kind of never get tired of. Um, so he came out to Vermont and was, you know, working on this recipe for a few years. And in 2002, he honed it in um, and he started brewing the Switchback Ale um, and was pretty much cranking away just by himself, brewing the beer. Um, in this facility here? Heart and soul. This facility, yeah. Um, All right. Yeah. Um, so it was. Yeah, I was like, I guess there's a little bit more history that you could kind of. It was him and two others um, with. back then. And, you know, Bill 
Bill originally went to school um, for like quality assurance and like food sciences, okay. microbiology, brood science. He's a very, very well-versed man in the f field. Uh, so when he started working here, this wasn't Switchback, obviously, it was Mackenzie, the people okay. who used to package uh, meat and everything here. So he did food uh, quality assurance for them for a little while. In this facility? In this facility. Oh, this is what it used to be? Yeah, yeah. And he just worked for them? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's cool. So he did their quality assurance for a long time, and uh, they decided that they wanted to move out of this facility. So he was kind of at a crossroads. He didn't know what he wanted to do. But, you know, he looked around the brewery, and he saw tall ceilings. He saw drains in the floor. He saw a perfect opportunity to open a brewery. Right, like, the so. brain is all the, all the hard work is kind of done, plumbing yeah. and stuff. Exactly. All right. So that's what he did. He started it up, and uh, back then it was three of them. They were working, like, 12 to 16-hour days. Uh, when you're a new brewery in Vermont, it's really hard to get your name out there. I bet. There's a yeah. lot of competition. Uh, even so back then? Even back then. Oh, 17 yeah. years ago? Like, yeah. Because you got to think, these days, we're still the brewery capital of, you know, the United States. We have more breweries sure. than any. Yeah, right? More brewery per capita than anywhere. Way, way more. I mean, yeah. Vermont's only 630,000 people. It's crazy. Yeah. We got, what, almost 80 breweries now? Yeah. So there's quite Dude, a bit. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Love it. God, this place is awesome. <laughs> makes me so happy to be here. So yeah, that's what he was doing. He was working with uh, Chris Dooley. Um, he's one of our older employees, the guy who was uh, the ambition of Dooley's Bladed Porter. That's personally my favorite beer that we do here. Okay. Um, and it was Gretchen Latchfield. She is our uh, plant engineer. She is heart of Switchback. Uh, she makes sure that we're running on a day-to-day -day basis. You know, all the machines here, she's here every single day, making sure everything is where it should be. It's her birthday today. It's her birthday today. Oh, shout out to Gretchen. Yeah, happy birthday. <laughs> she also keeps all the animals that work here in line, which in <laughs> itself is a big job. So we're very okay. happy to have her. That's dope. And so that was, uh, so that was 2002, and I guess as the brewery of Mr. came out with the, the ale to start yeah. with, um, and then just rolling out. I mean, pack, did it start with packaging, or was it like a brew pub, like a tap room type of situation? It was just, we were pretty much just distributing in kegs. Um, and okay. that was, and that was, you know, like Alex said, you're, it's, it's constant work to be, to be getting your name out there. And so Bill was actually one of those people that was going out to bars, trying to sell switchback to bars. Um, and you know, when you have a, when you have a, a half barrel keg, um, you know, it's about 140 pints. So if you're trying to sell this new beer to somebody, that's going to be 140 pints. They're kind of like, it's new yeah. beer that they've never had. Is this going to be worth it? Is that, um, sorry to cut you off, is a half no, barrel okay. keg, because in Canada we go metric, is that like a 50 liter keg, like the big guys? The big ones, The yeah. big ones, 50 yeah, liters, known as a half that. barrel, eh? Yeah. That's a, so barrel is how we measure things in the brewing yeah, so world. A half liters. barrel is going to be how they measure things in like the distributing world. So a yeah. keg. Right. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Yeah. And how many gallons to a barrel, half barrel? So it's 15 and a half gallons mm. to a half barrel. So 30. Barrel. And then double and that then 30, for a barrel. 13 and a half gallons is like yep. four liters to a gallon. All right, do you do you math, guys? Like, all right. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. So I got to do it in my head all the time, miles, kilometers. Like, it's yeah, whole, right. It's always a whole thing. <laughs> I know. Wait, shouldn't we just get on it? Shouldn't I mean, yeah, I don't know. Right? We're the only people that are literally the only one in the entire world. It's kind of fun. Though. I mean, yeah. hey, if Vermont goes up to Quebec, we might just. Yeah. We're getting I, there. I think I need to start the movement. Like, yeah, like just, just learn metric in school and then we'll be that much closer to getting up there. It's an invisible line. Like, who cares? Exactly. Whatever. Who made it up? Yeah. Uh, it wasn't me. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. us. Um, yeah. So kegs, but, the so, half yeah. kegs. He's selling kegs uh, to bars, um, and you know, 
is trying to trying to convince them that this is going to be a beer that sells. Right, right. Um, so that was kind of a you know it, it was a tough beginning to to get through, and also when he's coming back and brewing for 16 hours. Long, long, rocky start, you know. Yeah. Uh, but eventually, they decided to to take some of their savings that they had and invest in a couple of the smaller kegs, which okay. we call sixths or logs, which are like the thirty liter, twenty about, liter ones. Yeah, Six tolls logs. Different people call them different things. Or so. Or, it's like a homebrew set. Actually, you know what? Yeah. yeah. I think that's about that. Right. The thirty liter. Yeah. The 20 They're liters, about forty but, beers. Yeah. So forty right. beers, a lot easier to sell than one hundred and forty beers. So this way, a lot of the bars in the area were like, oh yeah, sure, we'll try that beer. So and that's, that's what changed of, the game, eh? That's really what, what helped us kind of get off the ground in that respect in terms of people being willing to try this new beer. And then after that, it was all a matter of word of mouth. Yeah. Because once you try Switchback, I mean, your glass is empty, right? Oh, once you try yeah. Switchback, it's 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 it hard to say no. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's um, definitely a it's, crush. I want more. Yeah. And, and it's always a beer that people come back to, especially in a in a market where there's so many options. You just want kind of a, a go-to. And so ultimately, it became a really good go-to, especially for people in Vermont. Right. And so bartenders, when people would ask, "Oh, what's good?" You know, "Oh, you can't go wrong with Switchback." Right. And so that was part of what got our momentum really, really off the ground, um, was being able to kind of sell a smaller amount. And then people were like, oh, no, give me 140 pints, you know, give me that right. bigger keg. And so that's what really, really got us going. And I mean, of course, in return, that meant longer days yeah. and more, more brewing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so and it was, it's kind of always been a slow and steady progression in terms of we're only we're bring people in, um, you know, that are obviously committed to what we're doing but also that are willing to put in those hours right um so i think the next employee was tony who's still one of our brewers here today a head brewer 12 years now yeah wow yeah so people this is the type of place people stick around for sure yeah i mean we uh we're constantly growing you know as far as uh departments go because there's a couple different departments here you have obviously your brewing uh you have your production side of it everybody that's going to package it up and get it out um you have your cellarmen the people of course are the 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 raisers yeah and then you have our our tap room who's of course like killing it and And, uh our office and our obviously our marketers people who are getting it out to all of our other states so Mm -hmm. we're probably a very very small crew uh, for the amount that we distribute but we kind of like it that way right we like wearing a lot of different hats and just having it because it's you know it brings us closer and you know everybody knows what they got to do we get on it and we work together so it is i love that day. it's perfect even the brewery dog yeah, yeah. coming even in saying get it <laughs> there's a couple of them yeah. i like it it's just nice like yeah the one seems to be very dog friendly kind of uh i mean that spot. was also part of the, talking about our beginning you know when when bill first started he was getting to a point where he was working 16-hour days and he didn't have time to go back home and let his dog out. So he brought his dog to work. Um, so it was him Just and Piper for a day. while. Yeah. We'll do it to this day. Hey, I like that. It's a good vibe. Monday through Friday, 9 to 5. You yeah. know? Dog's out here brewing beer. Um, the next one I have here, because I'm like you said, i got to keep drinking. This is the barrel-aged uh, Thai lime goza. Correct. I had the OG when I came here last. It was my favorite beer of the lot. Um, nice. This is barrel-aged in tequila barrels, correct? Yes. What's that? Oh, wow, yeah. it smells like that. Yeah. Sure. What's yeah, the ABV? Right in the nose. Still pretty light. I mean, it is a goza, so Ooh. it's right around uh, like a 3 or a 4%. About 3%, um, yeah. Barrel adds a little bit to that, but not too much. Um, this is a traditionally a Berliner Weiss 
beer uh, that we add a little okay. sea salt and uh, Thai lime leaves in, and that gives it its nice kind of goza flavor. And then we take that and we add it to the tequila ba- barrels to give it that nice kind of hint of tequila at the end. Um, obviously, you're getting a lot in the aroma, but it's oh, not too heavy, yeah. tequila like in your face. Not at all. It's not like it's a um, a bad thing at all, and it's even better that it's three or four percent, and it smells like it's ten. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't taste like it's ten. Exactly. Yeah. Doesn't really. Uh, that's an interesting uh, mix. Right? Yeah. Like it really smells like the barrels. I haven't really. Yeah, you kind of like get that like smoky sweetness almost too. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah a that's nice a smoking type of vibe. Yeah. I really like that. Goza sours, they're becoming the the new thing out there. You know, we've seen IPA for the longest time being the stronghold out there on the brewing world. But I think, yeah, yeah. But I think that Gozas and sours are going to be the next big thing. Yeah, and that people are really going to start, you know, loving them, and they're going to start happening a lot more for a lot of different breweries. Hell yeah! I actually have a few mates here, and they always like. I feel like they're going out of their way not to drink IPAs now because it's such like my favorite thing about this state and yeah. in the states in general is like good try and go to a bar and find a, a, a whack beer like yeah. try <laughs> like you like you you, you have to yeah, oh, sorry try not to find good beer I guess is in like there's always good beer wherever you go and there's always like fire IPAs I've never heard of and they're hazy I'm like, yes because we don't have that in Quebec like that um, and I quite like that but I think it's just funny to see people here that you're just so much so inundated with one particular style that essentially represents the state in yeah. for better or worse I think for better but um, and then people are really seeking out these other styles now yeah. to try and just like get something different they're like and, okay what else what yeah. else do you have so yeah, I think like the, the dry hot pilsners or something yeah. or the sours are like coming in like there's just so many styles yeah you know, it's like, like you haven't even gotten to the smoke beers oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's a whole series that we do you know yeah. there's hundreds of styles of beers out yeah. there so yeah. not anything against IPAs but you know when you go to a brewery and they have you know 12 beers and 4 or 5 of them are IPAs you're just like there's so many other things that you could be doing you feel like that's a bit of a waste like a missed opportunity <sighs> I mean, I, I just think there's so many, like, especially, like, traditional styles, like Alex is saying. I mean, the sour beers, you know, your Berliner Weisses and your smoke beers, those kind of date back to 1800s, 1900s. And, like, yeah. those are traditions, you know, the classic lagers, you know. And those are really, like, if you get a get a good lager, you know that's a well-crafted beer. It's Facts. really hard to make a simple well-crafted yes, lager. Exactly. Can't so, hide behind you know, Yeah, exactly. You can't hide behind it. I think that's kind of how we're thinking about it. Yeah. Is that if you can if you can really nail a nice traditional style, you can say that you're doing it really well. Yes. And then you can go play with the crazy stuff. And, yeah. and I mean, you know, don't not it. make a crazy IPA. You know, don't don't not explore those styles, but kind of check where where the beer is coming from. Yeah. Going back to to the roots. Yeah, definitely. Would you say then that Switchback essentially would be, for lack of a better word, like traditionalists in the sense of like the stars that you're making are, they're still like Vermont twists. Like you're not going to, this is not a traditional IPA in any sense, right? Yeah, yeah. Switchback is one of those beers that's really, really hard to describe because you have those people, those Cicerones that I was talking about, they come here and they love to like pick apart beers. They love to like find everything that's in there, what tastes, like what you're getting and everything like that. And they have a lot of trouble with the ale, right. uh, you know, because it's one of those ones that it's just like its simplicity is what's almost like so complicated about it. <laughs> um, so you know, we get those side of people who really, really love it, um, but we also get the people who don't really drink beer that are just like, you know what, I can go for a switch. Finally, right. a beer that I like. So it, <laughs> right, yeah. it's one of those like pale beers that can like totally go on the spectrum. 
whether you're just all about it or whether you don't like beer at all, like you can find, can, you know, a good uh, taste. In there. So from, from the brewery itself, for that beer, I agree 100%. For the brewery itself, would you say that it's the stuff that you're doing is leans towards the tradition? Or is it kind of like, how do you, how do you sort of like see yourselves as far as like your positioning? Like, um, yeah, I guess traditional would be a good word for it. I mean, um, that's not a bad thing. It's just more like you're making the classic tried and true styles with your own little, like, yeah. I mean, I'd say that we stick to kind of Reinheitsgebot, which is kind of the, yeah, yeah, the German purity law of beer where, you know, we're pretty much just using four ingredients in our beer. And we're manipulating those four ingredients, water, yeast, hops, and malts, to create all these different styles. Right. Um, and so, you know, we're not, we don't get too out there in terms of adding other things to our beer. Um, and I think part of that maybe is because we don't want to feel like we're hiding behind anything else. Is that, you know, we can take these four ingredients and we can make, you know, we can have a full lineup of eight or ten different beers. And they're all going to be different, but they're all going to hold their own. Um, but there's still only four ingredients, which is kind of right. cool. Yeah, a bunch of people ask us all the time, like, you know, like, how do you smoke a beer or anything like that? What's the process in that? I'm like, it's actually just some malt. As you know, Bamberg, Germany, they make really, really nice smoked malts, um, and we get them from them. You know, Bill is one of those traditionalists, as I said. That's why at 10 years here, we have a two-week trip uh, provided for us out to Germany from nice. Bill himself. He likes to send us to the brewery that inspired Switchback. That right. inspired a lot of the beers that he did. Which was the brewery? Um, which was that brewery? I should probably oh, know that. Which was but which was but bro? I'm sorry. I'm only like four years in yet, so hey, I'll find like, out yeah, you got six years. Six years. Yeah. Sworn to secrecy. We know it's in Bramberg. That's yeah. But I mean, he loves doing that like old style way because you know, as Sarah said, there's nothing to hide behind. You know, a lot of people, a lot of home brewers, they start with IPAs because you know what? If you mess up. Just put, them, it. put in some more hops, <laughs> yeah. and that's all you're going to taste. But if you do like a pills or anything like that, you're going to taste every imperfection in that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Right. So that's where that comes from. That makes complete sense to me. I think it's kind of cool because it's not as common as it used to be, I guess. And that's probably being that you guys are, like, I guess, would you consider yourselves like OGs in the sense of like 2002 in the beer world? That's pretty long. 17 years for any business to be crazy. It's crazier every year. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say definitely, like, I mean, in Vermont, we're kind of, you know, along with some early, of the uh, other big names, we're, we're earlier, for yeah. sure. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, right now, you know, you, you won't go to a bar that doesn't have switchback ale on draft. Facts. So yeah. it's, it's... Always it's rough. The number one porn draft in Vermont. Correct. Is it really? Yeah. Still running. Oh, yeah. yeah. A decade and running, yeah. Damn. That's so, amazing. Yeah. Um, and we were just talking earlier about, uh, like, Tiff and I were just in New York a couple of weeks ago, and I found that Vermont beers were everywhere, and it wasn't normally the case. Like, I saw you guys, it was like 14th Star, of course, you usually had, like, some alcohol stuff or um, Lawson's or whatever. It was kind of like a fiddlehead. It was almost like shocking to me how like it's like Vermont is taking over New York right now and you guys are already across um, New England so you guys have expanded way beyond the state itself now so it's, it's gone to this new new level is that through the uh, is that a lot of packaging going out there is it the, the kegs it's definitely packaging that's packaging going out there that's yeah the you know, we have markets or whatever that like take kegs you know here and there but you know, the packaging is like what people want. You know, they want to like yeah, a six pack or a bottle like, or anything yeah. that they can like take with them. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah. Okay. Yeah. Packaging is a huge part. Of that. That's the game. I was gonna say we even saw it in Vermont when we started packaging. Just people that being able to, it. like Alex said, take it home yeah. was a huge thing. You know, I mean, it was great that they would go out to have their switchback. Um, but that moment where you could you could be sitting on your own couch and drinking a switchback. As much I as I mean, there's yeah. you know nothing beats that. Hell yeah! <laughs> and that's why we started cans. You know, a lot of people asked us. You know, we were doing bottles for a very short time before we started cans. And they're like, why the switch to cans? You know, Vermonters are those outside people. Yeah. Let's go on hikes, bike ride, you know, canoe, anything like that. If you're walking around with yeah. bottles rattling around your bag. It's heavy, it's breakable. Exactly. Plus, you know, with cans, you're adding no light pollution at all. They're a lot more recyclable. There's a lot of positives to them. So. Definitely. Was this the first packages you did? Like the cute little... Um, the stubbies is what we call them. Yeah. What's the uh, size on this? Does it say? It's 12 ounces. It's a 12 ounce. It's, it's just ounce. in a little different Street shape. 12, yeah. I'm trying to think, it's 12 ounce, once again, metric. Oh, yeah, uh, so. <laughs> but then Canada does a bit of both. Canada's weird. It's like halfway in between. Some yeah. things are metric, some are imperial. Just yeah. to confuse you a little bit more. Just a bit more. And I was like, man, I'm trying to figure this out all the time. I'm just trying to think what. I guess 12 ounce is like. Oh, it's kind of like a latte. Didn't they 12 ounce lattes or 16 ounce lattes? Yeah, it's a big latte. Oh, you know. This one, a pint's 20, right? 16. 16. Pine 16 yeah. here. No, pine 16 there. Okay, I'm just trying to like visualize it. Is this a, is this, or that's, is that? This, this is, is eight. eight. Yeah, that's a 16, that's an eight. Okay, so it's in between that. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Just curious. I know it's probably like irrelevant. So we actually question, started so. with this size bottle. The big guy. We started with the 22 ounce bottle. 22. Yeah. Okay. Um, Which we still do. Um, yeah. And we do a lot for out of states, men. And they're, you know, they're great. And we use them a lot these days for obviously our out of states and for our specialty beers. But, you know, a lot of people, um, you know, like to take the smaller stuff and everything just because yeah. they're a lot more portable, like on the go and everything. Sometimes I you just want 12 ounces, but no, sometimes totally. you want 22. Want so. <laughs> I guess it like, it, did that distinguish the brewery? Because like, I've never seen that exact bottle anywhere else. So the only place that I've seen with a bottle like this is uh, Red Stripe from Which I Jamaica. I still think different. They uh, represent, but, but, but. They're a little different. I think they're a little like wider, um, but they look up like that. Yeah, and they're not a true twelve. They're like no, eleven they're like, and a half ounces. Oh, are they? Yeah, I think that's small. Stripe. Yeah. Oh, they're like the three forty-one mil or whatever. Like. Yeah. All right, that's what they do. Okay, three forty-one. So, Bill chose this because he likes to be different from everyone. <laughs> he likes to have something that like kind of like stands out and everything like that. But the story I always remember from these bottles is during Prohibition time. Um, they obviously only had the one type of bottle. They had the long neck, like, you know, round bottle. And they would all come in the same box. They would come in this one wooden box, and prohibition officers would know this. So if they were going across state lines or anything like that, they would spot this box, and they'd be like, we know it's in there, we'll take those. Right, right. You can be on your way. So they started coming up with these bottles, a little bit shorter, a little bit fatter, coming in different boxes. Right. Get past the prohibition officers. So Looks these like bottles actually kind of paved the way to get through prohibition and to still be ruined today. It's a little bit of a throwback. Which is really interesting. Switchback? Yeah. Some might say. Say that I did that? That's dope. I really like that. It's just super cool. I remember seeing those uh, like they like you do six packs of those as well. Like yeah. you go to like the yeah. liquor stores around here. Super cool. And it's, I do like the uh, the branding looks sick on um, cans. I love brands when they have full bold 
colors on each one. So you, once you have a bunch of them on a shelf, you can have it's like this little rainbow of colors, and you're like, oh, that switchback right there. And that's what we want to go about branding. It's just like I know what that is. I know the S. I know L. I know the color. You know, we're not trying to do any like nothing against like graphics out there because a lot of breweries have amazing artists that work for them and everything. But we were going up and looking at some complicated graphic or some crazy long name. You may not necessarily pick it over something that you know what it is. You know, you know. No, 100%. Yeah. I think it's uh, definitely the way to go. You guys are empty, and I'm about to go on the next one. <laughs> um, did you, you can go grab another if you would like another beer. You don't have to. I oh, know it's like a Thursday afternoon. It's not going to say no. Thursday afternoon? Yeah, it's like, yeah. You can go for a one or whatever. Sorry. <laughs> oh, are you going to get it for me? Thank you. I'll do the same. You're the best, Amy. What is this one that I've got here? The smoke, it smells smoky. That smoking. is the Gates of Hellas. Oh, that's right. The Hellas has smoked malt. Yep. Hellas Lager. Yep. So we call this the Gates because we kind of consider it the gateway beer to the smoked beer family that we do. It's very, very light, very crisp, like the lager, um, but it does have that nice smoky flavor to the end of it that you kind of get. It's not like... Uh, it's not overwhelming, though. Like, yeah, like your Roush beers, you know, that taste like you're drinking a campfire. Yeah, no. <laughs> you guys like those? I, I do. You know, some of them can really be really heavy on that campfire taste, but other ones I feel taste a lot like... Like bacon, yeah, which I love. I don't want bacon. I mean, bacon's a god level uh, meat. Absolutely. But do you want to drink bacon? Uh, bacon juice? Do you? Yeah. Yep. I mean, I if it's, if it's if it's beer form, yeah, you can convince yeah. me. Yeah. Honestly, I have to say the Gates of Hellas is one of my personal favorites of the of the smoke beers okay. because it is that just crisp lager. And just a subtle smokiness to it. Yeah. It's just enough to kind of get your palate used to it, kind of like Alex said, just sort of like a little gateway. Yeah. Um, and honestly, once you're once you're drinking it, you can almost the smoke almost sort of fades, it and does. you're really just appreciating the beer that you're drinking. I mean, it's still there. Yeah. Um, but I really find that it just kind of is a style that just grows on the palate so much. Thanks, Amy. Thank you. Thank you, Amy. Um, it just grows on the palate so much, and and once your palate is used to it, you're just you're you're kind of looking for it, but it really it doesn't overwhelm you. Right. Absolutely. So I'm a big okay. fan. I, I agree so much. And they're it's also cool. different. I mean, you know, like we said, we're kind of using those same four ingredients and just creating totally different yeah. beers, which right. is so fun. Yeah, all four of them. Completely different. Is four smoke beers. Um, we actually have six recipes all together. Okay. Um, kind of four that we've been rotating through pretty consistently. Um, we also have one that uh, that we barrel aged nice. um, so that last one the the black strap ale we have uh, yep we have a um, we aged it we will we actually brewed a little bit of a high alcohol version and, and aged it in whiskey barrels for about five months um, so very very smooth drinking beer um, incredible incredible kind of flavor profile to it because you get sort of the aroma and that like oakiness um, from the barrel itself but then the body of the beer is that kind of subtly smoked brown ale um, a little bit of smoky sweet interplay in there um, just a and just a really kind of creamy smooth body to it uh, it's really really delicious oh yeah yeah and they like year-round that I mean maybe not the whiskey barrel one but like the, the general there's always a smoked beer on yep yeah there's yeah. always a smoked beer on yeah we're kind of figuring out our, our, our schedule to to make sure that we have the ones that we want to be drinking when we want to be drinking of course, them. Right? But, but yeah there's definitely never going to be a day when there's not a smoked beer on draft at, at the tap room switchback so right that's been that. a pretty exciting uh yeah 
how have people responded to smoke beers, particularly uh, people who aren't used to them? Like, how's the general reception? Are they kind of like, what is this bacon beer, or are they kind of like pretty cool? We've actually gotten a lot of good feedback from it. Um, it was something that we were, you know, Bill's that kind of mad scientist that always has the next like best idea. He's like, no one's doing smoke beers out there. We're gonna do smoke beers, bring like traditional Germany like over here. And we were kind of worried, you know, because. We are a lot of people that have had those Roush beers and they're just like, oh my God, like some of these can be so overpowering. But then you taste like the gates and you taste like the smoked oyster stuff. And it's just like that nice, subtle smokiness that kind of like gets you into the flavor and prepares you for those other like, you know, campfire or Roush beers. Right. We've gotten great feedback from them, especially with the Gates and the Blackstrap because they're, I feel, the both ends of the spectrum that you can get. You can get nice, light, very crisp, refreshing, but barrel-aged, kind of sweeter, toastier, maltier. Is this the barrel-aged version? That's that's just the the baseline, yeah. 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 But yeah, an ale and a lager pretty much, you know? Like, the two like, different styles. Yeah, both ends of the spectrum for sure. That's and kind good. of all of our beers are about approachability and balance. Absolutely. So we don't want to scare anybody away from a style, even if it's a particular style. It's still an approachable version of, of that, that style. style. Yeah. The type of consumers then, speaking of that, that you would get in here, is it, are you getting the... Um, like who who comes in here? Is it like the, the Vermont, like the crazy beer nerds who are lining up for cans, or or are you getting like are you guys the gateway brewery? Because you know a lot of breweries like I feel like gateway breweries are so undervalued and underrated mm-hmm. as a whole in the beer scene because yeah. the beer nerds like are already clearly into it, so they're going for the can release. You got to wait for and all that nonsense. But the gateway brewery are what turning you know, they're, they're, those breweries are turning like cool drinkers into craft drinkers. Absolutely. Where where do you guys sit in that? kind of matrix of uh, drinkers, yeah. I guess. It's kind of cool because we get we get everybody. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we get we get people that you know, kind of. I mean, funnily enough, we get people that come in here and say, "I don't really drink beer," you know, right. but but we still have beer for them beer. to drink. Right. Um, and 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 we get people that are you know, oh, switchback is is what turned me on to craft beer. You know, and and now I'm ready to explore. You know, oh, let me try that smoked beer. Um, oh, I'm I'm finding that I'm really liking sour beers now. You know, and that and we have something to offer those people. And then right. we get those extreme beer nerds who are like, I hear you have this smoked oyster stout. I gotta try it because right. that sounds wild. Okay. You know, so so we get kind of all kinds of beer drinkers and non-beer drinkers, and it's right. great because we feel like we always have something to offer all all of those Everybody. people. Um, and and we hopefully you know turn those non-beer drinkers into beer drinkers, turn those not so nerds into beer nerds, and uh, and keep those beer nerds going strong. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. It was actually one of my beer nerd friends who told me about the IPA not long before go. we spoke. He was like, awesome. "Yo, Switchback did this new IPA," because he was the one who I think about who was like still gets all the haze but he's kind of getting over it so he'll sometimes send me pictures he's drinking like Natty Ice or something like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, bro, like, <laughs> so he'll be but he's like a like lives around like around the corner so he's like a Vermont dude but he still has to go because I think it's too much it's like they got it too good so yeah. he has to slum it real bad yeah. but then like the whole spectrum so I, I'm always like curious because that's just him so I was always wondering if like other folks are maybe a little more like sort of flexible with how they uh, drink around here because there's just great stuff everywhere so it's cool to see that I indulge in a PBR every now and then there's nothing wrong with that oh no you're never going to find a brewer here that'll turn down like a Miller Lite or a (laughs) you know you got you got to know your roots you know where I came these people were brewing in the 
you know, America in the 1800s, 1850s. They went through prohibition. They survived prohibition. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with drinking a Miller Lite every once in a while. We just prefer <laughs> drinking these. Hey, <laughs> I guess that's what it is. We'll get to that. We have a, uh, a as long as you still have time, we still of course have time. Yeah. Oh yeah. Got yeah. Plenty of time. So we have a. Um, we can get started like surely. We have a lightning round, and we ask like guilty pleasure beer and stuff like that. <laughs> okay. So we'll, we'll get to that. Um, so the, the the I guess the, the Vermont scene right now. Like, how do you guys? How is it out? here and where do you see it going oh man it's uh and then switch back in the context of that wow yeah, yeah i know that's deep okay. deep yeah that, that is deep that's deep. a serious this is what keeps question me up at night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like scratching in bed um vermont is an amazing place for beer obviously as you know and it's because we have so many different breweries doing so many different things you have the traditionalists, I guess us, yep. um, but then you have these other breweries like, um, you know, Hill Farms that of course has won their fifth year in a row as best brewery in the entire world. Yes, sir. Um, and then you have The Alchemist who makes Hetty Topper one of the best rated beers in the world. Yes. You have places like uh, Burlington Beer Company out in Williston who is uh, actually Dogfish Head's old beer. And he's doing a lot of crazy stuff out there, peanut butter and jelly beers, yeah. stuff with like kumquat and guava. You know, obviously not everybody's into that, but no matter your style, your taste, you're gonna be able to find it. Right. And the, what the really crazy thing is, the amount of breweries that we have, not a lot of them fail. You would think so much competition, you probably see a lot of like turnover, a lot of people going out. I've been here in Vermont for five years now. I've only seen one brewery go under in my entire time. That's pretty good. Yeah, it really is. And there's probably new ones popping up all the time. Whatever, every, we every can't keep month. track. Yeah. Have you ever seen like one of those stamp cards? That thing grows yeah. like every week with the amount of breweries. Yeah. Yeah. You, can't, you can never win it. It's an unwinnable thing. Yeah, two-fold, to three-fold, to on the back, to four-fold. Is that like the like the passport thing? Yeah, yeah. Then yeah, the you passport. come through and you like you get a taster at every brewery or something. Yeah. Uh huh. So it has uh, everything on there. Well, at least all the ones that participate in it. Because um, probably there's, like maybe half? yeah, maybe half. Yeah. yeah, somewhere in between half and three fourths of them. There's We're a, part of the Brewers Association. Yeah, right. there it is. There it is. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's the most. Well, I think it's. The most up-to-date one so far. Okay. So we already stamp ours right there since you're here, and then one all down, of these. forty-seven so, more to go. <laughs> <laughs> all right, but this isn't even close. As we said, there's a lot of micro or nano breweries out there that aren't even on this list that are still coming up every day. Right. And what do you get? So say a drinker goes and gets this uh, the brewery possible. Oh, there you go. So you all here. So you like six. You know, if you get six breweries, you get like a bottle cap opener, and then twenty, you get like a T-shirt or whatever. And if you get all of them, as I said, an unattainable goal, because uh, we're always <laughs> opening up new ones, uh, you get this whole like swag bag and everything. Yeah. But it's really Festival fun tickets. for people to go around and kind of do this. This is really cool. This is a great initiative. I guess it just keeps people searching for... Keeps them drinking. Keeps them drinking. Keeps track of where you've been. Yeah, been, because otherwise, how are you supposed to know? I mean, it is untapped, I guess, but you know, whatever. This is easier. But like it is it. cool because every iteration, you also see, oh, this one wasn't on the old passport, so they must have opened right. up in the last year or so, exactly. or at least become part of the association. Right. Um, so there's a couple on there, you know, like this one, Beer Naked. I hadn't seen that one before. Cousins is pretty new. Yeah. I haven't heard of that in a while. Yeah. I haven't heard of them. Brockle Bank, Brewster River, I haven't heard of that. Bobcat, oh my God. A lot of these places are down Dropping. south, um, right. but, you know, even in this area, within... 10 miles of here, you can be a part of 
12, 12, probably 10, 10 breweries. I mean, there's six or seven in Burlington proper. Yes. You know, in the Burlington zip code. And then you've got Williston, two out there. You're like just there anyway. That's Take crazy. it with you. So many. No, I will. Don't worry. Trust. Like this is great. Like it's hard to keep track of uh, of just what what's happening, right? Of like all the different breweries yeah. like, that are popping up, and it's uh, yeah, it's just like it's a good time to be a beer drinker. In, it's a in good time to be a beer drinker. So I guess it's good. Like Switchback does have a strong place. You guys have cemented yourselves with the uh, with your with your flagship, and um, you know it's keeping people coming back. And I guess now with the expansion, I guess you're probably seeing a bit more of an influx of maybe beer tourism coming through because they're more oh, familiar yeah. with uh, the brand but to drink one of these guys, um, out, you know, whatever, Massachusetts or something, yeah. and then they come through. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things too, like Alex mentioned, in terms of you'd think, you know, there are so many, how, how do we possibly all kind of stay afloat? Yeah. Um, it's this idea that people come to Vermont to beercation now. Yeah. You're not coming up necessarily just for one brewery, you're coming up for the whole scene. Yeah. Um, so you're coming up to, to visit four or five, um, which, which we all, you know, I always think about it more more as a camaraderie versus competition yeah. because we're all in a, in the same market and so we're bringing the same people to the state to be drinking all of our beer right. um, so so it ultimately is is kind of we're all helping each other out oh yeah and you drink a beer you drink a yeah. beer you know <laughs> <laughs> we don't care what's wrong beer is good beer uh, do you guys uh, like collaborate or anything much with a bunch of the with any of the local guys or, or anything like that we haven't done a lot of collaborators. We're not big collaborators. Um, I mean, other than our barrel aging program, um, yep. that's that's pretty much all the collaboration that I've personally seen. Um, you know, I think it kind of, you know, a piece of it is because of Bill's mind. Um, he's very particular. He's a particular, <laughs> but also, you know, yeah, I mean, when he has a vision that he that he's invested in and, and he really wants to see kind of come to fruition, when you start involving other people, they always have opinions about it, you know? <laughs> and, and so that it just kind of becomes a, a difficult thing to navigate. I mean, not to say that we won't do any collaborating, but... Um, that's for why now, we're, yeah, and we like to stick to our roots. So I'm sure it'll happen in the future. We yeah. recently did the um, Resilience IPA, which of course is Sierra Nevada's uh, Wildfire Relief Fun Beer. Um, is that the beer camp thing? Oh, it's yeah. a separate thing. It's part of it's, the beer it's camp. It's part of the beer camp, isn't it? Um, I'm not sure. I know it was for the wildfire relief yeah. and um, cool. a bunch 1,500 of breweries, breweries yeah. uh, added wow. on to them to like brew That's it and like numbers. make as much money as they could for the wildfire relief. And we yes. were one of them, so I guess you could call that a collaboration. Yeah. They sent us over the recipe and we made it. Yeah. So well, that's how that worked. Yeah. 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 Here's the recipe if y'all are down. And, and, and all of the to, funds for that beer, all the profits yeah. that were made for that beer were sent directly to the Campfire Relief. Absolutely. All right. And what, what did that support? Uh, campfire Relief was... That was uh, the wildfires in California. The stuff oh, that just yeah, that decimated terrible. their entire, yeah. like, say it was just awful. So yeah. it's raised a lot of money. As I said, Very over cool. 1,500 breweries. So That's amazing. I can imagine. Did you put your own twist on that or was it more like... It's just their this stuff. is what it is. You yeah. just like this is what it is. Stick to it. Yeah. If you want to do it, donate. Bam, bam. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we it's would probably love to put our own twist on it, but we have no problem like brewing somebody's beer out there. Sierra Nevada is, of course, an incredible brewery, and uh, can't really complain there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you have? Has, do you guys? I guess you never contracted, but. 
do the other pe- other breweries they contract out of here at all? Like, you have that spare tank space, or this is just go 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 for yourself? It's just us. Um, a lot of breweries in the area we're uh, seeing are contracting now. Yeah. Uh, you know, because they have the space for it, they have the production, and you know, if, a, if some up and comer wants to come out there, you know, brew on their system until they can get their own, they're all for it. Lawson's did it uh, for a long time out of Connecticut. Yeah, two roads, yeah. two roads, and now they have their own place, which is gorgeous, by the way. Very good thing. Yeah, I gotta check it out. Um, but yeah, I think our space is pretty much just for us, and we have a little bit more room to grow as far as tanks go back there, and then we're we're gonna be you know pu- pushing into some walls. So. Yeah. yeah, you guys have got some serious uh, capacity. Do you know what the whole capacity is like? All up. Or does, does it work like that? In terms of like Like fermenting capacity or whatever. How, how does it get measured? I always forget. Fermenting capacity, like, there's never really... Uh, it's hard because we do both lagers and ales. Yeah, um, so it's yeah. And yeah. of course, ales are what the majority of companies do out there because it's a two-week two process and you can just crank them out with that. Um, lagers are, of course, a six-week process. They're going to take a lot more real estate for a lot more time. So. Yeah. Depending on what we're doing, it's really hard to like measure, you know, what we got. What you got? It's it's massive though. It's massive. You got some serious. Yeah. <laughs> are you are you packaging a lot more stuff these days, or is it lot? Is there a lot of? Because uh, are these the four main beers you got packaging right now? Um, I mean we're. Packaging, I mean, the ale takes definitely is still the, the number one. That's the rent beer. Yeah, yeah that's that's beer. definitely still, still pulling it in, exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, but we have a couple of all-year-round beers. I mean, our IPA is definitely... So um, that's now a core? It's, yeah, that's year now round. a core. Oh, yeah. Year-round in the can. Oh, yeah. Um, that's definitely uh, taking a lot of packaging for sure. But we have, you know, our citra pills that Alex is enjoying right now. Yeah, I saw some boxes out the back, so yep. that's like a package. Yeah. That's yeah, another right. all-year-round beer. We do our 12-pack tombo, um, which we, you know, package, um, as well as our rotating beers, um, and then our Flit on Fire series, which, like I said, we always have something available. Um, so we're also packaging that in the 22-ounce bottle. Um, so it kind of depends on the time of year in terms of what we're packaging more of. But um, but definitely the ale is is always getting run in, in all all sizes. Yeah, so it's got stubby the 22 ounce can that one's always pretty much every week and in the kegs of course, of course yeah. pretty much every week we're, we're packaging the ale so. and you have a bunch of brew pub only uh, stuff like if people come to the tap room um, they have a bunch of Beer you unique options, I guess. Yeah, you're gonna get. Thank you. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean that tequila barrel aged goza that you're drinking. That you can only Fire. get here. Yeah, yeah on yeah. draft. And then we also have some that our barrel aged beers we actually hand bottle. Okay. Um, so wow. those, um, so that one, and then also the the barrel aged black strap. Um, those are hand bottled, and then we sometimes when we have them on draft, it's kind of a special treat. Nice. Um, those are definitely taproom exclusive beers. Um, when we do our cast beers, also taproom exclusives. Um, and um, and I mean some of our you know some of our specialty beers like our smoked beer series um, and other kind of rotating specials. We don't distribute them as much as our other beers. So if you're really looking for them and really hankering to bring home a case or something, yeah. this is the best the best place to get it. So you guys are gonna have stuff 
bumping out of here. Definitely. Yeah. So the best I mean, way I describe yeah. it is that we have two sellers here that you saw. Yes. Um, and our main seller, our big seller, is for production of ale, yeah. IPA, and pills. Okay. Our year-round beers. Year the small seller is for all of our specialty beers. Okay. Anything that isn't of these three, they're going to be produced in there okay. um, and shipped out as far as we can ship yeah, yeah. And then anything past that, it's just going to be enjoyed in here. Uh, we'll, you know, if a beer becomes big, we'll ship it out as far as they want it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's, that's the name of the game. Hell yeah. <laughs> is that how the decision's made? I guess it's more like... Um, what, what are people liking? So you can do like test batches, come out of the tap room. I mean, I guess the typical process, right? Yeah. Same thing yeah. for you guys. Like people like it. And the response is crazy. Like, yo, we could. That's what happened with our, I mean, our camp. next seasonal that's coming out, our Domf Punk. Yeah. Is, a, is a nice California common style lager, one of the original American style beers. California so underrated. Exactly. Yeah, I love them. And that's how we started it. We were like, you know what we're going to brew? We're going to brew a California common style. And it was a taproom exclusive beer. And the first year we brewed it, it was a huge hit in here. Everybody loved it. They were coming into the tap room like, where can I get this beer? We just released it in the 22-ounce bottle because it was a specialty beer. And it was so good that the next year we put it into our rotation because people were asking for it. Um, and so we're looking forward to it coming out in a couple of weeks or a month or so. Nice. I feel it's, it's even rotation. more approachable than ale, honestly. Just like very, very drinkable, nice. A little sweet yeah. yeah. So there's definitely yeah. times where we use, I mean, you know, we use the tap room to, to listen to what people want. Right. Yeah, so that's like what it's for. Focus group, essentially. Exactly, yeah. Key, yeah. Tap rooms are focus groups. <laughs> that could be episode name. Tap rooms are focus groups. <laughs> um, and I'm just uh, getting into the um, black strap. Black strap. So smoky dark ale has definitely got 5.9. Definitely got a similar vibe to the, the Hellas. Um, still very, very balanced, though. Like, the nose is definitely campfire, but... It's totally chill. Oh, yeah. A little bit more, yeah, I guess, the toffee, caramel kind of yeah. Absolutely. It's kind of like, yeah, you get the aroma that's similar to the Gates of Hellas, but you kind of get a similar body to, like, our Switchback Ale, where you yeah. have that, like, yeah, approachability. Yes, yes. It's a full body, a little bit a little bit more full body, kind of a nice mouthfeel to it. Well, it's not too hoppy. It's not too malty. It's not too sweet. It's not too smoky. That's oh, what like, like, makes it, like, balance, so good. Is is, sure. You got to yeah. have that balance because... It's like the sweetness balances it out a little more, like for maybe people who are scared of the smoke. Yeah. Like that kind of that sweetness, like pulls it back a little bit and kind of blends it in. Whereas like, I guess the hell is still up front, but it disappears quick. It just blends in nicely. Yeah. Absolutely. Is it yeah. technically an amber ale? It's brewed as a brown ale, yeah, I brown think. Ale. I um, guess if we would consider it would be brown, it's hard to judge some of our beers so they yeah. would be like classified. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. So Build them in the box. I know, our human mind, we like, gotta character, like, categorize everything. Yeah. Just to like process it, but I guess, why do we do that? It's kind of weird. Yeah. But I guess technically it's brewed as a brown ale, but okay. it's kind of funny because now looking at it, it looks more like the red. Absolutely, know? it looks exactly like red. Yeah. yeah, it's like slightly like more opaque, but not even that much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, I like that. How do you guys feel about a uh, lightning round? Ready to go. Yeah. Are you ready? All right. I'm like, I'm not nervous. <laughs> Don't be. She's nervous. She, I can tell. <laughs> I have faith though. Uh, what is your guilty pleasure beer? So beer you'd be, uh, I guess, somewhat embarrassed to admit to be a nerd that you enjoy it. Sarah, you go first. Oh, man. Um, I feel like I have two, which is like even more embarrassing. Hey, run it. I also um, I think Yingling. 
Um, okay, I think it's not bad there, right? It's, like, not, it's not too bad. Um, does it thing? You know, I'm like a 25 ouncer there. Like a tall boy. Oh, you like that? Like, you want the whole thing? Like, I want to go with a lot of really bad Yeah, beer. I want like, I, yeah, I want to like have, you know, like a, a long day at work and then come home and be like, just give me a, a tall boy of Yingling so I can commiserate with uh, my mom. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. That and then, um, honestly, Genesee Cream Ale, which is... It's, it's kind of a combination because I went to school in the Genesee Valley, so I drank a lot of Genesee. Um, but it's also, I mean, I'm going to just call out Tony right now, who's our head brewer, and that's one of his favorite beers. It is his favorite beer. And it is his favorite beer. And so it really just, uh, I feel connected to him, but also my own personal roots of when I was bartending in Western New York. Um, and it's just, you know, again, you kind of don't, I think cream ales are a little underrated as the other American style of beer, um, like one of the original American styles. And, um, it's just kind of, you know, sometimes you want that shitty American beer and, uh, Genesee cream. It just hits the spot sometimes. Okay. Those are mine. Okay. What do you got? You can get two now if you want. (laughs) Yeah. you have to. Thank you. You can have two shitty beers. So, Yingling actually used to be one of mine, but moving up to Vermont, I actually found out that there is not Yingling up here. That's another reason that it's kind of a guilty pleasure. Which is very, very weird. Yeah. Um, It's too much good beer there. It's like, what happens? Yeah. Over the last, like, four years, I've kind of, like, forgotten about Yingling. Um, It's always been Miller. Miller is just, like, what I remember from college. No, no, no. It's like Miller Miller Lite. Nice and easy. That's what I, like, my college days, probably killing, like, a 12-pack a night. And it's those, like, it's those are beers that I would say you can have more than one of them. You know, you don't always want to drink microbrew because you can only have you know three or four of them. Unless you have the citra pills. Unless you have the citra pills. Why? But then you're like, why should I drink all these nice beers if I'm gonna be drinking twelve of them? Exactly. Yeah, I, I, I get that too. I should respect the beer. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> and then uh, Paps. Paps. Yeah, like, those are one of those one ones that you something. can do. Yeah, yeah. You can just get. But you can it? go to some place <laughs> and get them for like fifty cents for like a pint. You know, down south. If you go far enough, really? um, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's my West beer of all time. Do you get to answer these questions now? I've done them many times. Um, get guilty pleasure probably Corona. All right. Is it like I don't Ooh, love it, man. but if I like like get, I feel I Natty know. would be like the worst answer, or maybe like the Beast, Milwaukee's best. See, but these are American beers that I didn't have access to because uh, in okay. Australia okay. we have completely all of the shit beers. It's yeah. a whole other world. Of <laughs> you don't even know. <laughs> You, didn't know. you don't even know. Yeah, like we haven't even gotten into yes. the forties. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Oh, the forties are the whole forty-five. Uh, Old English, maybe. Yeah. First thing I did when I first first moved to Canada, when I was like 2004, when I first lived, the very first thing because I grew up on hip hop, I went straight and got the old English. I'm like, oh, this is really bad. Oh yeah. This is yeah. terrible. Yeah, like, you can't drink that by yourself. Like it's ten percent, six pack in a bottle. It's warm by the end of it. It's just a terrible yeah, experience. Warm. It was always high life for me. If it was a forty it was Your high life. High life is actually not bad though. It's champagne and beers, man. <laughs> I kinda wanna have it again, but I always have like a cognitive dissonance where I'm like I have only so many carb or alcohol intake. Why would I waste it on on these terrible that's beers? Your logic yeah, speaking. but there's so much fire. That's that's good. Yeah, you know what I mean, I, I don't know. Like, yeah. I'm still can't now. I'm like back in the day, hell yeah, whatever. But now I'm like, I don't know. I just kind of feel like it's disrespecting all this fire. But I also understand 
yeah. if you're trying to do 12, I, I'm, I'm way too soft for 12. <laughs> so that's not even not doing 12 about. anymore, I was college, but yeah. <laughs> that's a whole other word. So then this next question is the opposite. So beer you would decline under any circumstances. You go to a barbecue, you don't have a sixer of the old citron pills, and someone's like, hey, you want one of these? And you're like, where's the water? Oh wow, where's the water? Oh wow, these, these are tough. Hard. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a hard one. We don't Snow do that many beers. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people, some people say, I will drink anything, and that's also an acceptable answer. Yeah. Like, is it anything you'd be like, no, thank you? There are some beers, I guess, there are some beers for me that are strictly mood beers, situational beers. That's good. And so, fair. if I'm not in that mood or the situation is not like, sometimes. Certain sour beers I feel that way about. I have okay. to really be in the mood for them. And then on the other end of the spectrum, like imperial stouts, stouts yeah. and that kind of thing. But like imperial stouts, yeah. like, like 11%, 11. you know, like it's barrel be like this brick out. Like, like, yeah. 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 And, and so if, if it's like, you know, if I'm at a summer barbecue, it's like Memorial Day weekend, and someone's like, have this 11% imperial <laughs> like, stout, I'm no. like, where's the water? <laughs> so I guess, I guess that's my answer. That's fair. <laughs> You so I do drink pretty much everything. I'm not gonna badmouth uh, like other beers or anything like that. In saying that, I did used to work for a company um, out in DC called World of Beer. They had about 600 bottles in their coolers from all around the world, and they had about 60 to 70 drafts on at a time. When I worked there as a bartender, we would always get these two guys that would come in, and they would play the gross game. And what they would do to each other is they would order each other a beer that they think sounded absolutely disgusting, right. and they'd make the other person drink that beer. Right. And they'd go back and forth and do that. All the time. These so guys came in all the time. A lot of disposable income. Yeah. Um, but the one that I really remember from all of those is a brewery called um, and they make a brewer. They make a beer called Duchess. Okay. And it is um, malt vinegar. Oh, mixed with maybe soy sauce. <laughs> okay. So it is like super, super black, dark, just like roasted, but also oddly sour. Okay. Um, and it's just a really, really weird mix of beer. Um, yeah. It, w- it would be that. I I can't have over a slice. But that's the only one. That's, Everything else, you're good to go. That's yeah. good to go. Yeah. Mix malt vinegar with soy sauce. Where's the water? Otherwise, bring it on. Yeah. <laughs> it's easy. You guys are easy with this. Um, what was your gateway beer? What was the beer that, I mean, you might have answered this kind of early on when you both told your stories, oh, but yeah, okay. what was like the beer that was that made you be like, oh, what's this craft beer thing yeah. all about? And, I know which yeah, one. I know exactly, man. Yeah, bring it down. Mine is uh, the Caged Alpha Monkey from uh, Honey Oi Brewery in uh, Western New York. It was our like local craft beer, I guess. Um, You know, we had a a draft lineup of like Coors Light, Bud Light, Yingling, maybe like one, we had like Leinenkugel Shandy for a while. And we're like maybe like a Sam Sam Adams rotating. Um, And then one tap that was Caged Alpha Monkey and uh, said that one was like what is Caged it? Alpha Monkey. Caged Alpha Monkey. Yeah, it was kind of those like crazy a, names. Kind of like an name. amber IPA that was like six and a half percent, and that was definitely my gateway. Right, just showed you like, hey, what are these flavors? These darker malts. Hey, this, this is yeah. These like piney, probably. I'm assuming piney and dank kind of. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and then they also had one, I don't remember the name of it, but it was called like the Night Owl or something, and it was a vanilla porter by the same brewery. And so it was a great combination of like, we had one of those two on draft, and that was kind of the 
you know, that, that was with the craft beer drinkers would drink. Right. And also That's it was cool. an IPA, which right. every craft beer drinker was drinking an IPA at that Even point. So I was, an, I was a craft beer drinker. Yes, you know. <laughs> All right. Like yeah. That. That's a good one. Elf Mine's very cliche. It doesn't have like crazy names <laughs> or anything like that. So the first craft beer that I ever had um, was Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Nice. Sick, classic. Yeah. Classic um, brew. And so we uh, had the bottle, yeah. yeah. And I hated it. <laughs> Fair enough. It was probably like a, a pine I, bomb back then. I was probably like you know 16 or 17, and my brother. Uh, you mean 21? Uh, I mean 21, of course. <laughs> Um, I in Canada. Too. Uh, <laughs> Twenty-two, even. <laughs> so my brother, who is now a level two cicerone himself, um, was very, very into beer. He's also six years my senior, um, and just tried to get me into beer. Uh, so I would always only drinking like Miller at that time. It's like here, have this, and it was just uh, too no. much body. <laughs> no, way too much going. So six months later, you know, getting more used to like hops and everything like that, I had had Hop Slam from. Belts, um, which is yes, is it standard IPA like a West Coast IPA? Yeah, yeah. You're well, they're Michigan, actually. Yeah, they're from yeah. Um, Kalamazoo. Yeah, and uh, you know, from six months previous when I had this here in Nevada, I was like, oh. Yeah. What is this? And then, you know, going to the, uh, the Hop Slam after that, that just completely opened my world, right. you know, into like all other stuff after that. And so. then you like Sierra Nevada? Yeah. And now I, now I love Sierra Nevada. I love Sierra Nevada. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like Hops are an acquired taste, as are like sours, yeah. as are smoked beers. It's you so know, cool to walk, like, to like actually watch people kind of have their palate yes. literally be expanded, like, in a moment's time. It's, I, it's all about I guess you would see that here a lot. Do you have it? Did you see? Because I saw her with Tiff when we met. She wasn't drinking beer, and I'd started the. It was supposed to be like 365 days of beer. You take the pictures of it, and then that's what evolved into the podcast and stuff. So I, I didn't know anything. I was just drinking whatever. Like I thought I was fancy because I drank lot macro lagers from all across the world, like whatever. Like and then when I started trying different stuff, I was like, man, this is crazy. And showing, seeing her, like there was on Mill Street Organic, where I got you into it. My brother as well was always like, drink, we were drinking all crazy stuff. He was like, uh, yeah. and then seeing him do it, it was just really cool just to watch. Now they're all like everyone. We all like do this beer stuff. Yeah, you can always it's very find cool to see that, something. Right? Yeah, because if you know, I always say that to people too. If they're like, "Oh, I don't like that." Sorry, it's like, no, don't be sorry. It's really important to know your palate too, because it's really fun to like expand it. But also, if you know what you like, then you know how to find the beer yeah. that will kind of satisfy you. You kind of got to try everything. Try even something wants. interesting that I found absolutely I found that doing doing speaking to brewers like this is episode 127 so I've spoken to a lot of brewers over the time and one interesting thing I found recently was a lot of brewers one of the questions like the um, which is actually the next this favorite beer style and least favorite beer style okay. which are the next two questions so a lot of people without ruining your one people were saying um, like wheat beers a lot and I was like why are you, why are you hating on wheat beers or something yeah. like that and then all of a sudden I'd say of the last few months I can't stand it like I just don't want any yeah. clothes I can do any Belgian stuff and I don't know if it's like brews got in my head and it's like <laughs> yeah I hate that phenolic like thing and I just don't like it anymore but it's not like I drank and I loved it for so long yeah. but I, I think it's important to try everything mm-hmm. and then you kind of drill down on what you like and what you don't like over time I'll still try it because you never know yeah yeah. but like I think that's really important that everybody does get we yeah. hear wit beer a lot for like least favorite style of beers because yeah. like in, in your brewing world like wit beer is just just like, you know, kind of, kind of get like very plain. It's also uh, fruiting of the beer. 
a lot of people don't like to fruit their beers, so like add like oranges or lemons or limes. And with wheat beer, that's like what you do. It's like put 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 on it, you know. And that's adding something to the beer that isn't a part of the normal process. And that's why you know a lot of people, a lot of like brewers and like people are turned off from it because you're taking away from the beer the way it was originally meant to be tasted, and you're adding this thing to it. Interesting. That, that would probably make sense. Um, what would be your favorite and least favorite beer styles? Take the reins. I, I can tell, I can go first. Uh, so, favorite beers or favorite styles? Styles. Ooh. Uh, you could also mention your favorite beer or that style as well. I am a big dark beer fan. I love yep. the porters, the stouts, anything just like roasted, super chocolatey, um, anything like that. So, stout in general would probably be my favorite beer because there's just so many that you can get. You can get your Irish dry stouts. You can get your nice like roasted stouts. You can get your imperial stouts. Um, they they would probably be my favorite. Least favorite? That's tough, right? Yeah. Least and it doesn't mean beer? you hate it. Yeah. It, it could mean, but it could just mean like if you go to a liquor store, like what is the the last style you're gonna look for? Saison. Saison. Very anti-Quebec. They love that shit. I just nothing against Saison. I just feel that there is not a lot of room to move in Saison. A lot of them taste. The same, very the same. And you know, talking earlier about Bill being from Boulevard, Boulevard actually makes one of the only saisons that I like. It's called their Tank Seven. Okay. Um, and the reason why it kind of stands out for me is because it's one of the saisons out there that's got a little bit of bite to it. It's a little bit hoppier. Most saisons are very, very easy, like very smooth. There's something very exciting about them. Um, but the Tank Seven has that nice, you know, kind of bite to it. It kind of sets itself apart from the rest of the competition out there. I think. It's a good answer. I like that. Okay. Yeah, no, I think my favorite style these days, at least, the mood I've been in, I don't know, um, is like browns and reds, brown ales. Um, just because you don't really, I don't know, I think they're like kind of understated now. You don't see a lot of just like, Very true. just give me like a, just a brown ale, like a nice, like, kind of multi backbone just kind of it doesn't even have to be too impressive just like you know kind of well crafted yeah. like brown ale um, that doesn't have a lot to hide behind that that sort of idea um, and I've definitely been leaning towards more, more of the multi beers versus kind of the more hot forward beers okay. um, so that would be my my favorite style and honestly I was gonna go with Saison as my least favorite style as well nice. um, but I guess maybe yeah, to nice. yeah, yeah I, know, like I have nice. the same I mean I, I I have this this plan of every time I go into a place and I kind of see that there's a Saison I'm like I'll try the Saison because like this conversation that we're having you know kind of have to know what you don't like and like always be testing it always be pushing your palate a little bit um, but it's still just yeah they always tend to be like a little bit sweet a little bit kind of too high in alcohol and like they all have that same same flavor to them same background um, yeah I agree really strongly with that what I did find was something say if you look at like uh, if you want to equate farmhouse with Saison yeah. something like the Hill Farmstead style is the only thing I've been enjoying but it's not like you can get that every day yeah. so it's like that and there's a few breweries maybe Dunham in Quebec like not far over the border there. oh yeah I Dunham makes them fly you guys there a lot yeah yeah so they're they're like probably 20 minutes across the border so my wife and I go up there for lunch half That's the amazing. time I would yeah. just go up have some nice boutique right. drink some 
of their beers and come nice. back. So Dunham is lit. Dunham is super dope. And yeah. they, they make some fire saisons because the Quebec folks seem to just love it. I guess it's the Belgian influence, right, mm-hmm. from the, the French. Absolutely. So, like, I find that everything in Quebec is saisons. So it's probably one of mine, too. I'm just over it. Like, everyone's yeah. obsessed with them. Like, get out. Like, Give me some hazy IPAs, please. It's just six seasons everywhere. <laughs> yeah. But like, I'm starting to really appreciate, like, even Orval, which is really hard to get from the uh, Gaspésie, which is like 10 hour drive from Montreal, like right eastern Quebec. Like, they're the hill farm set of Quebec, where they're like really hard to get the beers and you trade your art, your firstborn from type of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, those ones are really good, and I really appreciate those. But otherwise, like, the average type of you go into a tap room and got the saison, it's not going to be that level type of stuff. And that's, yeah. I, I am, yeah. Maybe it's just that I equate it with like a North, North American palette. Yeah, is what I I would sort of generally say because all the, the Quebec folks don't seem to have that as strongly. Oh, it's much haze everywhere. Yeah, yeah. It's an interesting one. Can we okay. get you another beer? I was gonna say yeah, sure. I want to try the citron pills. That sounds okay. Fire. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You guys need anything? Are you good? Can I do one more? Thanks, Amy. <laughs> Thank you. Let's keep that moving. Uh, favorite beer city, destination, or country? Where? Oh. Is the most fire beer, or where do you most enjoy going for beer? Wow. Honestly, there's so many places on my list that I haven't been yet. So you could go both. You could go where you've been that you love, or where would you like to go? Yeah. Mm. I mean, we all know the answers for Mon, but aside from that. Yeah, I know. It's like we're already here. We've been here, here so. for a reason. It's amazing. <laughs> it's definitely here. Before, yeah. before I answer, I'm going to tell you that right now. It's, it's, it's probably here facts. for both of us. That's why we're definitely. here. Yeah. yeah, like there's still places to go. Which yeah, is, right? You know, but then, like, why? Awesome. Why? Try it out. Heck yeah. So, if you had to go, if you had to choose something else, I it mean, wasn't for I'd say. I kind of have two places that I'm, I'm hoping to go to explore some beer. One is a short trip, is just Portland, Maine. Yeah, um, oh, Portland, Maine, nice. Yeah, yeah. Great just some, some, you know, I mean, I yeah. mean, Portland is the city, but also kind of exploring just like what's around in Maine. Like, I would love to go to Allagash yeah. out in Maine. I know they're not in Portland, but um, and Oxbow's out there. Bissell Brothers. Um, Bissell Brothers, um, and just kind of yeah, and just kind of exploring that like scene in general. Um, and then a little bit of a longer trip. I mean, Asheville, North Carolina has yes. has been a. Are you going like this because like? You're just, uh, just reading my mind. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going that, first, then. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's kind of funny because I had a friend who drove cross country about three years ago, and she was like. I drove through this like little crazy town called Asheville and it just like seems like you would really love it there like it seems really it's artsy like, yeah. and cool and then like a year later everyone was talking about Asheville and so it's been on my list for three years now um, and then it really blew up in the, in the brewing scene yeah. and a lot of places were I think both Lagunitas and Sierra Nevada have opened up satellite breweries in Asheville um, so they not only have this kind of um, community of like senior breweries but also in addition to that they have all of these like microbreweries that are obviously like riding on just the whole vibe of the city as a whole um, which is seems like an amazing destination he's got like mountains just a beautiful place like really good water table like Vermont has amazing water Colorado has amazing water and I believe Asheville fits that kind of uh, mold Oh yeah, they're they're pretty similar to here, other than the fact that it doesn't get you know negative twenty. Yeah. They got the mountains. They got nice and green. You know, they got beer out there, so it's it's a great place. And it's to, like the liberal center in the like a red red kind of general area. Yeah. Absolutely, apparently it's just super dope. Yeah. It sounds like a lot like here, yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
I, I, you would echo the Sarah sense? Yeah. So, kind of, yeah. I mean, um, Asheville is one of those ones that's like really, really big up and coming, especially over the last like, you know, three or five years. Thanks, Amy. You are the best, Amy. Shout out to Amy. <laughs> oh, you have to get a photo. Um, to Asheville for sure. Have you, you haven't been? Uh, I haven't been. No, no. Um, but my parents live down there. They just moved down there a few years ago and the whole family is big into beer. Selfie time? Selfie time, guys. We did most of them beforehand. Thank you for playing along with my shit with this. Um, your family lives there? So they live there now. Um, Have you been? I have not been to visit them yet. Dude, what are you doing? You're upsetting I'm Sarah working right here, brewing your beer. <laughs> oh, that's so You know what? I take that back. I apologize sincerely for my disrespect. Don't go to North Carolina. You stay here, you brew beer. You stay here, you keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> keep doing it. Um, but Green Man down there is one that's like oh, really, yeah. really coming up. And we've actually Green gotten Man, a couple okay. of them um, that have come up here for us to try as well. Okay. But I'm going to actually go with a different answer because I don't want to copy you. Um, <laughs> yeah, switch it up. Richmond, Virginia. Uh, would probably be my answer. And I used to live in D.C., which is obviously right next to Virginia. Um, but out of the last five years, that has absolutely blown up. Okay. Um, they have uh, is brewery out there. Huh? Is that Tired Hands? Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, okay. They also have The Veil out there. The Veil is in Virginia. Yeah. All right. Cool, cool, cool. They're the ones that made a fried chicken beer. <laughs> Did they? Yeah. 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 Okay. I don't know if Hands did the first milkshake idea. I have no idea how they do any of the things that they do. Um, Are we going to see a uh, switchback fried chicken beer or no? No, probably not going to see a fried chicken beer. <laughs> you might see it next well, to a piece of fried chicken. Yeah. It sounds really delicious. <laughs> that right? that really delicious. Look at this citra pit. This is actually exceptional. Yeah. Awesome I love it. Um, but yeah, they. They're also one of those places, like Sarah said, um, where a lot of the other bigger boys are coming out because they realize that it's a nice big beer scene. Um, so Stone has opened up a brewery actually out there. Um, Green Flash has opened up a brewery out there. Uh, so you're getting a lot of like the really big people who have been involved in it for a long time and who are excellent at it. But a lot of these new people who are trying stuff like fried chicken beers or anything like that. So, so, so the whole scene is amazing down there. Interesting. Okay, that's good to know. I always. I always feel like it kind of gets, it's like the place is kind of maybe forgotten about with beer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I always think of, like, I guess you kind of go straight down to Asheville or yeah. like the kind of New York has really come up a lot, of course, from here and Portland and stuff, but it's not, because isn't it inland a little bit or is Virginia on the coast? I always forget the geography. Virginia's on the coast. It is on yeah. the coast? Yeah, so, so it's like, so in the, so long. It's long, yeah. So, so long. from like yeah. one end to the other, you wouldn't yeah. think of it, but it takes probably about seven, eight hours to get from one end like to east the west. other. Yeah. 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 So it's it's a big state. Um, you can go all the way down to the coast. You can go all the way over, Virginia you know, Beach. to mountains and stuff. Yeah. Virginia Beach. Okay, that's like yeah. Neptune's type of like mm-hmm. Pharrell and all that from there. Okay. All right. I'm here for it. Um, I need to get out there. Uh, yeah. First beer you ever brewed. I know you're about to do one. Yeah. I'm excited. If you haven't brewed yet. I haven't brewed yet. Yeah, no. Unfortunately not. But um, what, is, what are you going to brew? But I'm gonna be brewing a brown ale. Hey, there yeah, it is. favorite <laughs> favorite style. And and like I mentioned to you, I mean we usually release a brown around the winter time just because of this year's schedule. It kind of got pushed to the fall. And so um, one of the brewers and I are gonna try to try to brew our recipe pretty much. Um, nice. And, and bring out a little five gallon batch. Fantastic. See how it goes. Yeah. yeah. Super looking forward to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I drank enough beers to maybe I'm pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. I got this. Like, I've had a couple. Make up for it, you know? I've seen him do it before. I know what Alex does. Whatever. It's easy. What's your first, dude? Uh, home brewing or? IPA. If you, if, if you can believe it. And it tasted awful. Um, I was probably like 19 at the time. So, yeah. You mean 21? Uh, yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Um, so as I said, brother taught me how to do it in the first place, and uh, yeah, kind of got into it and uh, brewed my first batch. It was just, it was one of those instances where it's like, this isn't good. I need to put in more hops. <laughs> did, you go, did you go straight to um, uh, whole grain, or did you do um, extract? Ah, just went straight to whole grain. Straight yeah. to damn, yeah. it's it. Gee. It's right. well, I mean, um, you know, it's the way that you want to learn things and everything when you're straight And when I was a kid, um, my dad was like, You're gonna learn a stick shift, you're not gonna learn how to drive a car. Yeah. That's what my dad did too. Nice. Now, who drives a, who drives a stick shift? Anyway? Exactly. You hate him for it, but you kind of appreciate no, it. Yeah, if so anything happens, yeah, like, well, you know I what's can't. up. It's been <laughs> a while. Yeah. yeah. I'm stick shift, parallel park, or no driving. Yeah. Good luck. Both of those nice. I don't use at all. <laughs> oh, yes, you would yeah, need a little to here. bit. Yeah, little bit. Like the cities all the time, like Toronto, Montreal, you always have to parallel park. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I guess not so much here. That's the only time it's I do great. it. It's great. They're there. like, oh, there yeah, are really, really like... sidewalks. We'll let you pass on that one. <laughs> <laughs> like, whatever. Let's park anyway, and the winter's good like that, right? Like, <laughs> dump the car, no one's going to say none. Uh, favorite and least favorite style to bruise is probably more. This guy. That, I guess, would be me. Um, That's you, man. Favorite style to brew is. I guess the ale. It's just because it's it's what made Switchback the way it is. You right. know, it's it's our it's our classic. It's the one that I brew the most, so of course it's a lot easier because I do it all the Dozer. time. Yeah. Um, Second nature. Least yeah. favorite to do it. Bill's gonna kill me if I answer this question. I was like, I know the answer. <laughs> it's the IPA. Yeah. It's annoying. Yeah. It's annoying. It's annoying because of does it have rye in it or something? No, it just has a lot of. Uh, of course, it's all the same process, but there's a lot of like monkey wrenches that are put into like IPAs. Uh, your enzymatic rests are a little different with IPAs. Uh, your whirlpool times, your transferring is a little different with IPAs. Uh, so they just require a little bit more care. Mm -hmm. um, also with our IPA, of course, you know, like with a louder, you know, when you're transferring, going, you know dribbling down, uh, bed dropping is a big thing. Okay. And with IPAs, you're going to drop the bed nine times out of ten. Right. Um, of course, adding a little bit more time to your process and everything like that. But, you know, they but it's take... worth it. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely exactly. worth it. It's a big one for us. It's, uh, it's a great beer. You know, even though really I'm not a, a huge IPA fan myself, just because you get so much of a saturation on the market with IPAs, still like them, um, but it's definitely worth it. All right. Uh, still on the beer. Worst beer you've ever made? Yeah, first yeah. IPA. Was, was IPA. I was like, terrible. if I ever make an IPA, yeah. it's an That's IPA. It's going to be that one, goddammit. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know. A lager, maybe, because those are hard. <laughs> so. They're probably going to be really hard. Um, what music do you listen to when you brew, and what music are you going to listen to when oh, you Oh, yeah, I like that question. And that can also include podcasts. Or nothing. Yeah. Well, I mean... What do you plan on bumping? You have to have a playlist because you gotta like it's a living organism, right? That's true. It is. Yeah, you gotta like true. play it some stuff to like talk to it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm probably gonna play like a. I have like a. Got a playlist with some Lizzo on it. You know, Lizzo. No. Um, Jamila Woods. Um, just like some like some sh Chicago-based like rap, like maybe some Chance the Rapper. You know, like some good like okay. soulful like kind of gospel hip hop combination. Nice. Um, but just like positivity. 
Okay. Ooh, like positive yeah. So vibes. Lizzo has a song called Good As Hell. So playing that song, putting it on there. Destiny's Child, So Good. Definitely putting that okay. song on that playlist. Right, so it's like a positive playlist. Uh, yeah. Like and just kind of pumping the positivity into the beer. And, just and like also, repeat. we're just like, yeah, just going to be... It just brings my mood up. And I'm just a... I just am a generally positive person. I just walk around the brewery smiling, handing out finger guns like this. You know? <laughs> she does the finger guns like a lot. making sure people are feeling good. Okay. Um, bringing the morale up. So I just... Yeah, I just want to push that onto the beer. I like that. That's yeah. a good vibe. Do you have a, uh, a similar positive playlist? <laughs> mine, mine is very different from that, actually. Um, I mean, like, it's different from when I'm out here in the tap room and I'm opening and sometimes I'm playing really sad music. Yeah. I, that's just what I'm vibing out to. So we can play whatever we want so we don't have to appeal to, like, the yeah, people that come in here. That's true. So I play, you know, stuff like NWA or, like, BC Boys or, like, the 80s. stuff that I grew up with and right. everything like that. Um, I like a lot of underground stuff like Army of the Pharaohs or, like, Cunning Linguists, I mean, the Jedi Mind Tricks. Hell yeah, yeah. Um, so, Mad Villain, um, like a lot of rap, but I also grew up as a skater, uh, so I listen to a lot of, um, you know, so like MXPX, Modest Mouse, like Thrice, um, 311, it was a huge one when I was like growing up, so those are probably the worlds that I'm living in the most. Very skater as I like that. <laughs> I do like that, but like Tony Hawk or whatever, like they have a bit of everything. Yeah. And it was always that like the skater dudes were the only ones who understood hip hop. If you weren't a hip hop head, because in Australia no one listened to it, so we were like weird. And then well, the skater dudes were the only ones who understood it. So yeah. I respected the skaters. They're connected yeah. a lot yeah, more than people got, would think that they Because they just like moved the, in both well. Yeah. yeah, and there's like a little bit of like a rebel world that like. Yeah, exists. totally. Yeah. Like okay. a, the anarchist type of uh, vibe. I like that. Uh, what's your favorite hop? Favorite hop. Favorite hop. Ooh. It's a tough one because they're it's all fire. Tough one, yeah. I mean, some taste like grass, some taste like earth. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think the, I mean, the one that comes to mind for. Oh. Yeah, I know, right? I know. You can have a combination too. I like, I'm, I'm gonna probably go with mosaic. Classic. Classic. Mosaic is just <laughs> nice and like fluffy and like citrusy and like it's it's what you think like you know when you think like a beer like this like a New England beer it's on a lot of New England beers it is um yeah so I guess if I had to decide mosaic I am kind of I'm between um Amarillo which is in the roasted red ale um as well as in our IPA um kind of was like one of the last additions while we were figuring out the recipe that I think kind of brought it right over over the threshold threshold exactly thank you Alex finishing my sentences (laughs) we're family Um, between Amarillo and then also Centennial that like really piney piney notes that you get in beers that was one of the first hops that I could really pull out of a a beer between like our IPA and our pale ale Um, that was one of the first um, hops that like I could really feel on my palate and I could really kind of decipher Um, and that kind of I really love that that kind of flavor that it adds to a beer so amazing great answer Uh, two more what does your family think of your job (laughs) Um, I think they think it's pretty cool at this point eventually (laughs) you know right Um, you start bringing home enough beer they're like Okay, I guess we're drinking this now. They have um, no choice. Yeah, You're drinking no, I mean, good now, guys. I think initially it's a little, um, I mean, as a young woman, it's a little, like, shocking. Just, like, kind of, what do you, 
what are you doing? Where are you going with? with this? Okay. Um, I think was like you know you know you were a bartender and then you're kind of still in this in this industry and like where is it where is it leading you to? Um, I think one of the biggest shifts in the perspective was when we became employee owned. Yes. Um, and kind of what that really looks like um, long term as a as a career choice. Um, I think it was a huge. I mean I'm I'm still like flattered that Bill gave us this opportunity and, and yeah, kind yeah. of, you know, presented this opportunity to us and trusted us with this company. Um, but I think that really spoke a lot to, like, kind of the way that my family, like, perceives what, what I'm in right now and, right. and why I care so much about what I'm doing and the loyalty that I've given to the company. I think that it, it really is kind of makes sense at this point. Right. So. That's dope. Yeah. I love that. I should watch the I forgot to touch on the uh, employee owned, so maybe we'll go into that after. Yeah. You have such great answers. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I don't know what to do now. So my family is, we're half German and half Irish. So so you enjoy a bit of both. <laughs> AKA all alcoholics. Um, so yeah, my family is pretty okay with like me being a uh, brewer and they always kind of like saw it as going to be my life. That being said, they also named me Alexander Preston Hausinger. So maybe they thought that I could have been a senator or a president <laughs> in that time. And I just didn't like really live up yeah. to their expectations. That'll make people. <laughs> you could be a head brewer too. That's a nice name. It's a nice name for a head brewer. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's a little bit 50-50 where they were just like, oh, you know, maybe he'll be president someday. But also oh, yeah. a brewer. He's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as he brings home the beer. We know his genetics. He's going to yeah. drink. He'll be fine. You kind of had no choice in the matter, right? Exactly. Uh, last one. What is your favorite adjunct? What would you... I know that if Switchback is following the, uh, the purity law, if you were going to break that law, what would you... Uh, what do you enjoy in it? The answer is lactose, but... <laughs> lactose is a huge one that's day. really coming on like to the market. Yeah, yeah. yeah. about that life. Mm. And that's tough, huh? It's tough, guys. Lactose honestly probably would be my answer. Yes. Just well, just because I'm a big stout person, right? And like you know, like milk stouts and everything like that. Lactose is one of those huge ones in it. Um, and I just like that nice, like creamy kind of like roasted that little, like, stout. A little bit of icing sugar in the background. It's amazing. Um, and you know, going on what I said earlier, Burlington Beer Company. Yes, they do a lot of lactose. Place, yeah. uh, to find that, because coming off a of dogfish, he has that kind of just head of just things Crazy that don't belong in here. Like, I'm going to put chicory or like wood pellets or, you know, you know, a chameleon, whatever. You can just like throw in there. Let's try it out. It's like swore around a bit. Yeah. Get the essence of it. Yeah. It's like yeah. Let him chill. Let him chill. Let him drink. I mean, I think I guess I would say as a coffee drinker, coffee, Beans, nibs, whatever you got. Add that like yeah. roastiness. You know, our roasted red kind of has that nice like roasty character to it. And if you can add a little of that, espresso to it. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh my god. It's like there's a drink downtown. It's called the five dollar shake. Okay. It's a shot of espresso in a in a coffee stout with a little maple syrup on top. 
And I'm pretty convinced that if you just rang me out, that's what would come out. <laughs> that's <laughs> it. Coffee, beer, and maple yeah. syrup. That's just what I'm made of. It's a true Vermonter yeah. right there. Yeah. That's it. It's bleeding yeah. from one. It's delicious. Where do you get that from? That it sounds fire. It's so good. Radio Bean. Radio Bean? Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's like a coffee shop, music venue. It's an amazing place. We're here for like, until Saturday. So if you guys are chilling, oh, we're chilling. Oh, yeah. We kept That's the podcast the to the early days, the morning, so we could actually enjoy the. Uh, Heck yeah. It's yeah. yeah. an enjoy. awesome vinyl yeah, right? DJ that's there on Friday and Saturday. It's an amazing place. It is very eclectic. You write that down? It's. Um, sure. <laughs> you writing that down yeah. right now? Yeah. Are you writing it? Can you share the note with me, please? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, um, yeah, I was like, we could go on. We go. This is one of my favorite oh, parts. Okay, Where should good. we eat? Where should we hang so, out? Yeah, you know, we're here for what's happening. Um, that is amazing. That was the end of the lightning round, but the one thing I did forget to talk about was the employee owned. Do you want to just break down what that looks like and, and how that works for uh, Swissback? Heck yeah. Um, I mean, in terms of the day-to-day, it's kind of awesome because nothing really changes. Um, we were we were found that when we found out that we were employee owned, well, I mean, the story of it is also that Bill scared the bejesus out of us, yeah. and uh, we were having our annual meeting, and uh, he kind of we were kind of coming to a close, and he said there was another reason we all were kind of gathered here today. Um, you know, I also. Uh, I did sell the company and I wanted to introduce you all to the new owners and he did this little move to the door as if he was going to open the door and introduce someone to us and everyone took their hats off, looked around like holy Toledo. We're going to to Budweiser, some some big wigs buying us out. Um, And then he faked that and said the new owners are you all. And you could hear the exhale in the room because it was... There were tears from yeah. some people, honestly, because, you know, people have been here at that point for like six, seven, ten years. So to like hear that you were possibly going to go to somewhere like, you know, InBev or yeah. Sapporo or just like the people that are just constantly buying up these other people out there because they realize that one day they're going to be in trouble. Not today, but one day, you know, still microbreweries only make up 9% of the brewing world which is nuts. 91% is everyone else. Bud Light, Miller, Natty, all of them. It's crazy. So, you know, when you said competition earlier, are we afraid of, like, people opening up down the street, you know, coming in, brewing beer? No. No. We're welcoming. Because, like, that's just sticking it to the rest. Like, keeps it going. And the ESOP is, you know, just another addition onto that, just to be, you know, you're really in charge of what you do on a day-to-day basis. Nothing is changing. We're still doing it every day. Uh, But you just feel more a part of it, you know? Like, when you're leaving for the day, you're checking, like, oh, is this right? Is this right? I just want to make sure, you know, this is my home. This is my company. And do you own stocks? Like, how, what, what does the what So we get a certain amount mean? of stocks a year, right? It's really complicated how it works. I'm pretty sure okay. the people that explain it yeah. to us don't even yeah. know. Um, <laughs> explain it like every... But we... Do what is it again? We essentially take out a big loan out there, and then we pay down the loan each year by getting stocks as employees. So okay. eventually we'll pay that down fully, and we'll all have, like... A good stock in the like uh, a voting company. share, and exactly. Yeah, dope. And there's thirty something of you guys, right? So there's thirty like of us in the stocks. Yeah, five or so. Yeah, right. So it's not like it's hundreds. It's like yeah. very yeah, close. Yeah, it's a to private, like, privately owned. You know, it's just us. So yeah. we're not like selling any public shares to anybody. And you just makes you. It's essentially like you said, nothing changed, but it made you feel more connected to the business and just a little bit more 
like even though you feel already like diligent, but that little little bit more. This was always our home, but now it's our business as well. You know, it's 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 even more, and it makes us come closer together as like that kind of family. As I said, a lot of people here wear a lot of different hats. They're doing a lot of different stuff on a day to day basis. Uh, but we like it that way because we all know each other here. We all trust each other. We're all employee owners. We all want to see each other and the company succeed. I love that. I think it's just really cool. It's not common enough. I've heard of it like Bose, I guess, in Ontario does it. Oh, yeah. I didn't think, yeah, they, they, it's very dope. But I don't know of any others I can think of off the top of my head. It's just a very cool concept and I think it's like it does like the way you guys are speaking about it is exactly I'm sure the result that they were intending yeah like that sort of I'm sure you said you already had that dedication but it just sort of doubles down on it and you just uh, give that little bit extra everybody wins I love it yeah and I mean being in you know being a a company that started in 2002 it also I think has brought us closer to the community too because they know that we're in it for Vermont we're in it for the south end of Burlington we're not going anywhere and we're still you know residents and neighbors that are doing our job here but are also aware of where we are and kind of really willing to connect to local businesses and and wanting to reach out and kind of create a little bit more of a community um, in that sense because we really care about what we're doing and we want to kind of make sure that it's affecting people positively right absolutely I love it. It's amazing, guys. That's pretty much it. Did we do we cover everything? I don't know. Okay. There's always more beer to talk about. But. <laughs> there always is, right? <laughs> um, so make sure if you ever come down to Burlington, Vermont, this is where you need to be. Come through the tap room, say good day. Uh, where can the good folks find Switchback Online? Like website, social media. Oh, SwitchbackVT.com. If you're looking for our beer, we've got a beer finder on there. If you know your zip code plug it in um, if you don't look it up and then plug it in um, you can find our beer on draft in the can in the bottle as close as you can get it to your place so that's definitely the way to find it um, but definitely if you're in the south end of Burlington come, come on through. by and, and pay us a visit because we're here seven days a week oh so. yeah and social media is I switch back beer across everything, pretty much. I love that consistency. Heck yeah. Guys, thank you so much for your time. Absolutely. Really appreciate it. Heck yeah. Pleasure to meet you guys. Thank you. Um, Guys, if you enjoyed the episode, mate, smash the thumbs up. Hit subscribe below. Hit the notification bell so you know when the new new drops. Follow us on social media at BOS Podcast. And check out the long form audio so you can hear extraordinarily attractive human beings like these two right here. Talk about craft beer. That is it, guys. We'll see you in the next episode. Get in (laughs) here.